Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed that you're joining us. Dr. Eddie Caparucci is a licensed professional counselor and a certified coach. He's also certified in the treatment of problematic sexual behaviors and is the creator of the inner child model for the treatment of sexual and pornography addiction, which you know is a very real issue today, especially with the the proliferation of all this stuff on the internet. Now it's made its way to television and even primetime television. You know, and among his many clients, Dr. Caparucci has worked with professional athletes, including NFL and Major League Baseball players, television personalities, and others. He serves as the clinical director of the National Decency Coalition, an organization working with state governments to help limit the access of pornography to minors. His ministry is Abundant Life Counseling, located in Highlands, North Carolina. He's the author of several books, including Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction, Removing Your Shame Label, Learning to Break Free of Shame and Feel God's Love, and his most recent book, Why Men Struggle to Love, Overcoming Relational Blind Spots. Help me welcome to the program, Dr. Eddie Caparucci. Dr. Caparucci, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I do appreciate it. Reverend Robert, it is my pleasure to be here, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Hey, man, I've been looking forward to this for several weeks. We had to reschedule for, because of different things going on, but praise God, we're here today. We're on, we're on God time. That's, That's right. Hey, man. Well, the first question I always start with, other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Eddie Caparucci? Oh, wow. Okay. So we're, we're going to be on for like four or five hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Caparucci is a first and foremost, he is the prince of the king. And I, I truly believe that, I believe that is the label we should all wear. That's good. We're the prince or the princess of the king. No other labels. And that's why even with the men that I work with, you know, who deal with sex and pornography addiction, I don't want them calling themselves an addict. They have an addictive brain, but they're not an addict. Um, Eddie Caparucci, is a very, he, was, he is a broken man, but he's a man who set out to finish strong. Amen. I struggled with my own sexual addiction starting from the time I was about 13 when I came across pornography and I was 16 when I started dating women. And when I started dating, I had this issue that I didn't realize, I didn't know what it was, but I could, having one girlfriend was never enough. I was, I was a womanizer. The reason, you know, Reverend Robert, I was a womanizer was because I had an attachment disorder, which I did not discover till I was almost 40 years old. Mm. My uh, dad died when I was five, suddenly. My mother had a nervous breakdown, and I was one of four children. I was number three. And we all got shipped out to individual, to individually to different relatives. Mm. So here I am, five years old, uh, with these people who I don't even know them. I've never met these relatives. 
I don't know my father's died. I don't even know what death is. Mm. I don't know what's happened to my mother. I don't know what's happened to my siblings. All I know is that I'm here and I'm told you're going to be living with us. Mm. So what, what came with that was this great fear of abandonment. And I stayed there for almost a year before we came back home after mom got healthy. And even then, mom had to go off. This was the mid-60s. She had to go off to work worked a couple jobs and I my two older sisters had to watch after watch over me. Well I'm six years old. These girls are like 13 and 11. They don't want to be watching a little six-year-old. They want to be watching American bandstand. So I mean so basically it was like go to your room, go to your room, go to your room. And that's what I did. I spent so much time isolated by myself in my own head. And so therefore I didn't really have my first friend until I was almost 10 years old. So, you know, to make a long story short, you know, that led me to always want to be seeking attention and seeking affirmation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed. So therefore, any relationship I was in, I had one foot in, one foot out. Mm -hmm. And that cost me two marriages because of it. Until finally, I said, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me, but both wives wanted to work on the relationship. And I said, I can't, I will hurt you again. And I'm done hurting you. At that point, I went and I saw, sought therapy and I found out I have an attachment disorder. So with that, I was able to do the work I needed to do to become whole, to realize, hey, nobody's abandoning you. You're okay. Well, I meet my current wife, and that was 25 years ago. We've been together. I've been faithful to her the entire time, which I shouldn't have to brag about. But, you know, based on my story, it's a bit of an accomplishment. Well, anyway, she's a very godly woman, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but led me down the path of a church where I sat in a pew and I heard for the first time, it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I had no idea what this guy was talking about. I said, this is insane. I mean, I can't see him. I can't talk to him. I can't hear him. How in the world do I have a relationship with someone like that? It's hard enough to have a relationship with the people around us. (laughs) And so so I did. I dug in. I surrounded myself with some very deep, godly men. I read the Bible for the first time, four times. I read it in two years. And I, my relationship with him grew and nurtured. And then I was in corporate America for almost 30 years. I was a marketing and advertising executive. Mm-hmm. And he comes and he says, hey, I got something else for you. We're leaving corporate America. And I go, no, we're not. I don't. That's not part of the deal. You know, <laughs> I spoke to get close to you. I wasn't you know, doing this. And I fought him for a couple of years. And finally, he won. I surrendered. And he goes, you're going to be a Christian counselor. I'm like, I don't even know what a Christian counselor is. I mean, so I did I did my research and I went back. I got another master's degree, did all the state work, became licensed, started a practice, a general practice. Just so I've seen everybody and anybody. And then these guys start coming into my office who are struggling with porn and sex addiction. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these guys look like me. And that's when I went back and I realized this is my call. And I went back and I got certified in this area. And for the last decade, that's what I've been doing. And I will Amen. tell you, he has blessed my our ministry. Because my wife came and joined the ministry six years ago. Oh, and she worked with the she worked with the women who have been betrayed. So oh, she went back to school, did all the work also. 
And it has just been an amazing ride. Yeah. I mean, he's given me all the insight to write these books that have done very, very well. Um, you know, we get to watch God at work every day, changing people's lives and restoring marriages. Hey, Amen. And that's important, especially in this day and time. But I've heard your story. And, you know, your wife is really the one responsible for getting you to go to that church in the first That's place. That's right. right? And wives are great like that. My wife got born <laughs> in four years before I did. She prayed for me for four weeks, yeah. four years. And, mm. you know, I, I tell everyone, you know, because I, my background was the military straight out of high school. And even before that, what you just said kind of resonated with me because my mother died when I was 18 months old. My dad couldn't take care of us. So I was raised by my grandparents and the same thing, you know, they're out there doing their stuff and I'm in my room, you know, so I, and I followed basically the same path that you outlined mm. on that. Uh, there was a 12 year old girl, you know, I was seven and that's where all that stuff started. And right. when I joined the military, <clears throat> you know, I'm not bragging, I'm talking facts you know, I did things that soldiers do. Let's put it like that. Mm. And, uh, and that carried over into our marriage and mm. had some issues, you know, that with that as well, but praise God, we've been married 45 years now and, and she put up with a lot, the first 20, let's put it like that. And, uh, you know, but God kept us together, but she, she prayed for me every day for four years. I tell everyone, so back then, if you would have looked in the dictionary, looked up the term heathen, it had my picture next to it. <laughs> but you're finishing, but lived. you're finishing strong too. Finishing strong. Praise right. God. Right. You know? So God. I understand 100% what you talk about. I understand completely. Mm. And I just wanted to put that out there. And with your background in the corporate world, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things going on in that environment that fed into this type of addiction as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is not just this addiction itself, but others. But yes, I mean, you know, we have become such a uh, sexually um, saturated society. You know, you go back to like the 1960s. And I remember in seven, even in the early 70s, you know, that put a start to change. But I remember, you know, the people over in Europe, they would call us prudes because, you know, we didn't really express too much about sexuality. Well, guess what? We've now caught up and maybe even surpassed Europe in that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. that and, and even more than that, Reverend Robert, it's more about this idea that we have blurred the lines of right and wrong, okay? And, it, and it's been done intentionally. And part of the way that's been accomplished is to remove God from the equation. Yep. Because if we remove God from the equation, there really is no right or wrong. You do whatever you feel. If it feels good, good do it. That was the right. time said, if it feels good, do it. That's right. And that is part, and that's part of what from the advertising world that we promote to people. You know what? L live your life to the fullest. It don't worry about what other people think. You know, it, uh, to your point, if it feels good, just do it. Yeah. And we understand sex sells. Yeah. And it has become you know, we're seeing the numbers of sex addiction, pornography addiction continue to rise. And in part, it's rising because it is just 
so accessible. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, if I wanted to see anything that was, you know, with a woman who was just partially dressed, I had to go to the Sears catalog mm-hmm. and look at it. If I could find a Sears catalog or something like that. Today, it's just the click of a button. Yeah. And you think, and you will look at images that no eyes should ever look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should yeah. not be looking at this stuff. It is not healthy for us. We're seeing things we should never see. And that's both on the sexual front and it's on the violent front. Yeah, and we're absolutely. we're creating, we're creating uh, um, generations of young people who are desensitized right. to violence and to sex. Yep. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. Why do some men struggle to feel love, or for that matter, feel any emotions? It's because they are emotionally underdeveloped. They lack the skills and resources needed to emotionally connect on a deeper level. And this leaves most men feeling unfulfilled, void, and their loved ones feeling empty, alone, and frustrated. Dr. Eddie Caparucci's book, Why Men Struggle to Love, Overcoming Relational Blind Spots, is available right now on Amazon, and it can help you in this area. This book not only explains why this is happening, but more importantly, men, it will help you to correct it. Just drop down to the show notes, click the link, and order your copy today. You know, you talk about way back in the 60s and so I remember I want to say Jane Mansfield but that name might not be wrong but I remember the the first I mean a big controversy she was advertising a bra and yes on television with just the bra and that was a huge huge controversy yes you are absolutely right I now I do remember that now that's correct yep And, and like I said back then is growing up, if I wanted to look at girly magazines, you had to go down to the five and 10 store, you know, and kind of look around and hopefully nobody would see you looking at the magazines in the aisle, you know, and, right. and they got smart and put them behind the counter. Back then they were just out in, in the aisles with the magazines. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, yeah, it was now, like a click of a button, you get even worse. Right. It was much difficult. It was very difficult for you and I to gain access to that stuff. But we now have generations of children, both male and female, mm-hmm. who have open access to it. And, yeah. and that is one of the major problems that we have. And what yeah. we're working for with the major, with the National uh, Decency Coalition is to help the process of trying to come up with the age verification system that therefore a person would not be able to gain access to a porn site unless they showed an identification card that clearly states that they are above the age of 18. Yeah. Amen. And that that's the push that's trying to go on. I think Australia is going to be launching that sometime this year. The UK tried, Mm -hmm. but they had problems from a technical standpoint. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well, you have more or less over the years coined the term getting rid of porn addiction by healing the inner child. Can you tell us a bit about what that term actually means? Yes, absolutely. Let me start with, I'll go back to the three. I think there are three um, aspects that drive us to addictive behavior. And again, this is not the sole thing that happened, but these are three uh, concepts. One it's unresolved childhood pain point. 
even the traumas, the neglect that we went through as we were growing up, that, you know, whether we're being bullied, uh, whether, you know, we uh, got embarrassed in school for some reason, mm-hmm. our parents may have been abusive, our parents may have been neglectful, whatever it may have been, even spiritual trauma. That happens quite often, too. Um, and they never get resolved. And what they do is they create within us the negative narratives about I'm not good enough. You know, I don't measure up. You know, I'm stupid. People will never love me. I can't fit in. Different things that we ultimately carry with us. And what they do is they still haunt us as adults. Yeah. And the way they haunt us is that there are things that happen in our life today negative events that what happened remind our inner child of something that happened in the past Mm. and when those two worlds collide or the intensity level of our anxiety reaches a point where we can't sit with the pain and that's number two the first one we have is the unresolved childhood pain point the second part is this idea that we cannot sit with emotional distress. Those individuals who struggle with any type of addiction, we can't sit with discomfort. And yeah. discomfort could be as much as boredom. Okay? We can't sit with emotional pain. So what do we do? We, we figure out from a very young age, our coping mechanism is, I won't think about it. And how do I not think about it? I distract myself. Too much food, too much television, too many video games, you know, go on and on. Too much in our own head. We create this fantasy world in our own head. It doesn't start with sex. It's just about fantasy because we want to be somebody important. We want to be somebody who noticed. And then we take it, and therefore, then when we stumble across sex, now we already set up that mind for fantasy. Well, now all we do is substitute sex in there for that. And then the third component, which is something that the new book, Why Men Struggle to Love, is about, is the idea that we are emotionally undeveloped. You know, we did not get the training we needed in the early stages of childhood development where we could learn how to trust people, how to have empathy, to be attuned to one another. You know, those types of things that allow us to have strong emotional connections, we don't have the skill set. So you put all of that together and what you have are very fearful people when it comes to true emotional relationship. Mm. And part of the reason is because we're oblivious to what emotional intimacy is. You see, we have confused physical intimacy for emotional intimacy. Mm. So we're continuously chasing the physical intimacy, but it is never satisfying. There's always a void and we can't figure out what that void is. So we just keep searching more. We keep searching in other places or we keep searching for things that are more degrading or humiliating, whatever it may be. And yet that void is still there. Because, again, we don't know how to fill the void. But what is that void? It is our desire for emotional connection. That is what our inner child wants. But we don't give it to him. And he screams. Wow. Yeah. I I can relate to what you're saying. I remember as a police officer, part of our training, especially with uh, in the study about drugs and, and the addiction process with that, 
you know, when someone first takes their first hit of whatever, uh, the instant high that they receive, you know, if you think of a, a baseline at zero and then, you know, they take whatever and it makes them, you know, it goes up. Well, as it goes up, the same level it goes up, when they come down, it goes the same level below the line. So then they mm. want to get back up and they have to take more and more just to get to baseline of feeling normal, not high or bad, you know? And, you know, what you're saying kind of reminded me of that because I know with myself and my background, the, the sexual, you know, encounters and things like that, it wasn't enough anymore. You know, like you said, you, you keep going further and further and further and further down that road because you're seeking that higher level, but you're not getting it anymore. Right. We call it tolerance. Yeah. We hit we a call level it of chasing tolerance. the dragon. That's the term. Of okay. Chasing the dragon. Yeah. Look at that. What you're doing because again, what we're looking for, we need more dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And what happens is we produce, well, we have sex, our dopamine, our dopamine, dopamine level increase mm -hmm. naturally well we continue to look at porn on a regular basis chronically and what happens is that we are now producing abnormal levels of dopamine in the brain mm -hmm. you wind up burning out dopamine receptors mm -hmm. along the way at time two and though now it's a level of tolerance i, I just don't get very excited about that image Mm -hmm. So what do I need? I need to find a more graphic image. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, okay, we start the process all over again. And it continues True. to intensify and intensify, which may ultimately lead to a point where, oh, just watching this stuff, if enough, I want to engage in it. So now I'm going to be stepping outside of a relationship if I'm in one to engage with people in what I've been viewing to mm -hmm. try to get that extra hit. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's so true. And like I say you never get back to that same level again. And, you know, no, I, I remember, you know, what I was going through all of this. Uh, and like I said, it was very unfulfilling for me to go through my, you know, addiction. Uh, not, not that I didn't enjoy when I was in the myth, I'm not going to say that, but afterward, I mean, I just couldn't wait to move on. Mm -hmm. But I always called it the void. Yeah. I go, I got, I have this void in me. And I knew I had this void in me, you know, when I was about wow. seven or eight years old. Oh, wow. And again, that void for emotional intimacy, but it was also with Christ. I needed that emotional connection with God as well as that emotional connection with my spouse. And those two things, those are the antidotes that really help us to be able to manage any type of addiction because we are now being fed on a regular basis that the, what we need to be able to grow and mature as people. Yeah. Amen. I agree. I agree. And, you know, you've identified the nine inner child symptoms and core emotional triggers. Can you just share a couple of them and how they relate yeah. to each other? Right. What, what they all started out with, Reverend Robert, is I started out with when I first started working with these guys is nine reasons why men abuse sex. 
That's what I came up with in, in all my research. But then what happened is, and that's what I would use. I would use that in my practice. But then I started thinking about it and I'd say, okay, what's the biggest deterrent that prevents these guys from being able to manage their addiction? And that is shame. Shame is, is the thing that really they struggle with the most. So I took a concept from somebody who came up with it about 30 years ago. I can't remember the person's name. It was in a book that I read where what he did was he externalized the addict. So therefore, the person was not the addict. The addict was mm-hmm. outside of them. Yeah. And he would have them talk Amen. to the addict. You know, you'd be doing that. So what I did was, you know what? You know, I always believed this idea that we have an inner child. I said, why don't I take these nine reasons and convert them into the inner child? And so therefore, each child that I created has its own unique pain point. Remember, we go back to the unresolved childhood yeah. pain point. Mm-hmm. And they also have what I call core emotional triggers. The core emotional triggers is what activate the kid. And those are, they happen from the negative event that we experience today. So some of the kids are the unaffirmed child. Okay, you have a kid who grew up in an environment where they receive very little in the way of praise, or they may have seen, received this constant stream dream of criticism that what happened they wind up with low self-esteem the unnoticed child okay this is the kid who never felt they belong uh they would have to chase their friends they would have to chase family members uh they were rarely if ever sought out for anything today they still crave to belong that's what they're looking for they desire that attention there. Uh, the emotionally voided child. This is the number one kid that most men pick. And what it is, this is a child who has a very difficult time emotionally connecting with others. Okay, oh, because along the way, man. they got the message that emotions are not important, or perhaps they're actually even dangerous to wind up sharing. Yeah. That's just three of the nine that I have that yeah. uh, I put together. Amen. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Dr. Eddie Caparucci. Now, the good news is he's coming back to finish this interview in the next episode. Part two is just, oh, I'm so excited about because I know what we're going to be talking about, but you just need to come back to it. But right now, you know, he's been speaking to us, especially you men out there. Admit it, you've seen yourself in some of the things that Dr. Caparucci has been discussing today, right? I know I've seen myself in some of these things. It's there. It needs to be dealt with. God's word is there for you to help deal with it. All deliverance really is in and through God's word. But many, many people, especially men, need that little extra help to overcome these types of addictions. Now, I urge you, first, Order a copy of Dr. Eddie Caparucci's book, Why Men Struggle to Love, Overcoming Relational Blind Spots. Drop down in the show notes, click the link right there, order your book right now while you're thinking about it. Amen? And be sure you come back for the conclusion of this great interview in the next episode because Dr. Caparucci is, he is, it'll be transformative. Let me just put it like that. The information he's about to share in part two is just going to, totally change your perception on these things and it will be a blessing to you all right so till then this pastor bob reminding you 
Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.